Welcome to Spiritual and Physical Soul Food with Coach T. I'm Coach T and I have over 11 years of experience in ministry leadership as well as I'm a nutrition coach. Every episode, I aim to provide you with practical resources and information to support your spiritual and physical food nutritional journey. So glad that you have joined me on today and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I hope everyone is well and coming to this podcast in a great space. I'm just going to begin and hop right in and give a verbal disclaimer and just a reiteration of the purpose of this podcast um, and how I can support you, Coach T. Um, And so just want to name and just to share again that this podcast is all things spiritual and physical food nutrition. Um, So I am supporting my clients and so as I support them I'm supporting you all in some of the same ways uh, via this podcast and so I'm extending myself and my support to you and I hope that it's helpful and I hope that it's beneficial to you. Today as we move forward and kind of touch on some very important and sensitive topics, very serious and impactful topics, I just want to share that I am not a licensed doctor of any sort, nor am I a certified mental health professional. And so uh, the supports that you receive here from me today should be considered um, only with the advisement of both your own healthcare professionals and mental health care professionals. All right. And so um, it's not also not intended anything that I share today or any supports that you are hearing um, for yourself today are not intended to substitute anything or, in, or any care from a healthcare professional as well as a mental health care professional. So just want to kind of get that out there. You all need to also be making sure that we're always taking care of ourselves um, in a holistic, well-rounded way, including uh, these uh, other licensed healthcare professionals and therapists and counselors, etc. All right, and so with that being said, I want to jump right into it. Um, today's topic and title, uh, basically Coach T's Food and Mood Support for You. So it's food and moods. They actually rhyme. I thought they were super cute. <laughs> but I'm not sure if you've done any research on your own or if you have done any searching around about food or if you just kind of thought about this in general before and know anything about it. Just food and um, moods, right? The connections between the two. So I'm going to share, um, now I don't want to assume anything as we go into this podcast today, so I'm just going to give us um, some information so that we are um, in the know about the topics today and so that we can move forward in the podcast with an understanding. And so just some background information, um, some history between food, the food and mood connection. So it is well known that unhealthy eating patterns can cause mood swings. Blood sugar fluctuations and nutritional imbalances um, can often be to blame for this. Uh, without a steady source of fuel from foods that we eat, our mind and our bodies don't actually function well. Food is, is basically my example and kind of one of my um, examples I give to clients is food is to the body as gas is to a car or a vehicle. So in other words, without adequate food or um, without adequate adequate food for our bodies, our physical bodies, we are basically going to be running on fumes in the same way that a vehicle or a car that doesn't have enough gas or doesn't have gas in it will just be running on the fumes of the gas, right? And so think about that 
example and think about that as you are thinking about your bodies and when you go throughout the day some days and you notice that you haven't eaten thinking about that and keeping that in mind you need to fuel your body so we've learned that what we eat doesn't just affect our physical health it can also affect our mental health mental health um, and our well-being in general Eating well, which means having a balanced diet full of vegetables, those nutrients, can definitely improve your sense of well-being and also your mood. For example, um, some sim- symptoms of vitamin D deficiency can include depression, anxiety, irritability, and also fatigue. And I know for me, I'm just going to share a little bit about my story, as I often do um, on these podcasts, is that I um, have been found to be vitamin D deficient um, in some blood work that I've gotten back from my healthcare professional. And so um, with that gap, um, one of the things I do to support myself ongoing is I will uh, take a supplement, a vitamin D supplement, to make sure that I have enough of that vitamin D weekly. And so as well as vitamin D, Vitamin B3 and vitamin B9 can also help people with depression because B vitamins help the brain manage moods. So vitamin D, the melatonin, and there's something called St. John's wort that are recommended for seasonal depression um, that I've learned in certain studies and research. And I'll be referencing all of this research towards the end um, of our podcast so you can kind of go and dig and take deeper looks and get more information. But as well as omega-3 fatty acids, a magnesium, and vitamin C, all of these may also help with depression. And that just came up as we talked about kind of vitamin D deficiencies and just some responses that can come from being vitamin D deficient. So when we think about um, mental health in general, like what is mental health, right? So mental health can be defined by the World Health Organization as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities and can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Mental health includes like our emotional, our psychological, and social well-being as well. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress. Related to others, how we relate to others, and how we make healthy choices, and if we make healthy choices. Mental health is very important um, at every stage of life, from um, childhood and adolescence all the way through adulthood. Um, Although it can seem that the terms are often used interchangeably, when we think about poor mental health and we think about mental illness, they are not the same things. A person, for instance, can experience poor mental health and not be diagnosed with a mental illness. Just like a person can be diagnosed with a mental illness, um, can also experience periods of physical, mental, and social well-being. Mental and physical health are equally important components of overall health. Mental illness, especially depression, increase the risk for many types of physical health problems, particularly long-lasting conditions like strokes or type 2 diabetes, heart disease. And similarly, the presence of a chronic condition can increase the risk for mental illness because you're dealing with this chronic pain, you're dealing with a chronic condition, and so the effects of that um, can wear on you mentally. 
when we ask the question, and this is something that I think is helpful to kind of give context to it and kind of to um, erase the stigma and kind of get away from the stigma that we know exists oftentimes uh, when we think about mental health in general. The question um, that to consider is how common are mental illnesses? Mental illnesses are among the most common health conditions in the United States. More than 50% will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. One in five Americans will experience a mental illness in a given year. One in five children, either currently or at some point during their life, have had a seriously debilitating mental illness. One in 25 Americans lives with a serious mental illness such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. And so uh, we're almost done with that information. I'm going to want to give you information overload. I really just want you to have um, kind of this context. So we got, we got one more thing to cover. What causes mental illness? When we think about the causes of mental illness. And so research is showing that there is no single cause for mental illness. A number of factors can contribute to risk for mental illness, such as early adverse life experiences. There is trauma or history of abuse, for example, child abuse, sexual abuse, witnessing violence, etc. Experiences related to um, ongoing chronic medical conditions, such as cancers and diabetes. Biological factors, such as genes or chemical imbalances in the brain. Use of alcohol or recreational drugs. Um, there's also some research linked to having few friends or just having feelings of loneliness or, uh, or isolation can contribute to um, factors or causes from, um, of mental illness. And so there's no one thing. There's a variety of things that can cause it. So to take a moment with all of the information and context that we have been provided with, um, I just like to acknowledge that many of us could have experienced one or more of these causes of mental health and want to share um, that as a believer, we are human too, right? I just want to name that sometimes as Christians, sometimes as those of the faith, we are, um, we might attribute ourselves to be superhumans or others might hold us up to a pedestal of being superhumans or having to have everything together, being perfect, you know, just separating us from a humanity, uh, but we are too, but flesh and bones and our bodies have the potential to and may experience and endure what all bodies do, right? And so life happens to each of us in different ways. And uh, if you want to think about that differently, you can just say life happens for all of us. And so we are joined in that. And we're also connected further by by being believers. Um, and also knowing that because of Christ, we can navigate and we can endure through because the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us, right? But I just wanted to kind of talk about the mindset um, that I know exists for a lot of believers and just Christians in general of perfection. And that sometimes can keep us from acknowledging what's happening in our bodies, in our emotions, in our minds, um, and in our mentality, and just with our mental health. And so just wanna kinda, wanted to kind of name and speak that. So the last thing we're going to discuss to give context on is a mood disorder, since we are talking about food and moods today. A mood disorder is a mental health problem that primarily affects a person's emotional state. So it is a disorder in which a person experiences long periods of extreme happiness, extreme sadness, or both. 
it is normal for someone's mood to change depending on the situation, but a mood disorder, a mood disorder depicts a, a more intense picture because it's extreme emotion and it's for an extended period of time. So when we move to thinking about how to support ourselves and our mental health, considering the way that food and our mood is connected and can be connected, um, considering that would be a good area of emphasis. And because um, my two areas of support um, are spiritual and physical food, these are the two that we will discuss on today. So let's start with physical food. I want to give us three to four shares today to focus on when we think about physical food nutrition and the connection between food and our mood. The first one is self-awareness. So using what we know and what we learn about ourselves to then support ourselves and our moods and our mental health. One of the things that I'm going to give us as a tool, just a practical way to um, act in self-awareness and to use self-awareness um, to our advantage would be through a food journal. And you might have heard me mention a food journal before because I often uh, reference that and in reference to my clients and just in just giving that as a resource, something simple that you all can do at home to support yourself in your nutritional journey. But this time I'm going to put a little spin on it, on the, on the traditional food journal. So the first purpose of a typical food journal is normally to see what you're eating. Just to have a visual, just be able to see it, write it out. You can see it visually. What is it that I am eating? You can track it. One of the second purposes for a food journal typically and traditionally um, is to see when you are eating. So you can see if you, depending on how you're doing your journal, I advise my clients to, to notate as much as possible. So you also want to say, is it the morning time that I'm eating this? Is it lunchtime? Is it dinner time um, that I'm eating? And then what am I eating at these different times? So also being aware of when you're eating. But the spin that we're going to add to support our mental health today to the food journal is going to be to notate how you feel after you eat it. So we're going to do that extra step. And add that extra note of how did I feel after I eat it? What are your thoughts like? What is your mood like? What is your stomach saying? How does your tummy feel? And this will help you to identify trends and specific foods to target to support your mental health. And as I'm sharing this with you, I'm thinking about another thing that could be helpful. Um, and that is... How did you feel before you ate it? This would be for the foods that um, we may be trigger eating, which means once a certain mood is triggered, we will eat a specific thing. Maybe it's a sugary food. Maybe it's a fatty food. You want to kind of, and I might be moving a little bit ahead of myself, but you want to kind of identify how I'm feeling when I eat certain foods. If you can notate before and after, that would be great. Um, if I had to choose which one to make it easier for yourself to manage, I would choose you notating after you eat it. How does it make your body feel? And how does it make you feel? How's your mood? Now, um, in identifying this root, or the food culprit is what I would call it, if you will, um, this is going to affect how you feel um, and even how you're thinking. And so you're, you're, you're notating the foods that affect how you feel and how you think. 
have has your thought patterns changed? And this may sound slightly odd, but I don't know if you heard that song. I forgot who sings this song. He said, I had one too many drinks. I don't know how you feel or if you've known anyone who's ever indulged in an alcoholic beverage. And then you can see that their their behavior has changed. Their mood might be different. Um, and so they might have a different mentality. Has it happened to you? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm just wondering. There are certain foods that can trigger us emotionally, that can trigger us behaviorally, um, which will um, give us a highlight of our mindset being changed, or our mentality and thought patterns being shifted. And so we just want to notate these culprits, these food culprits. You could take or leave my example, but <laughs> just try to bring it home for you. So that's number one, the adjusted food journal that also includes how you feel and if there are any thought pattern changes. Number two is targeting your mood with food. Intentionally targeting your mood with your food. This can be done whether or not you have um, your journal research and that all of the evidence all completed. Um, or if enough of that has, be, has been done, you can still um, move intentionally, thinking through um, your food to affect and impact your mood. And so that could be something as simple as starting today, right? You can think about the knowledge of yourself and the self-awareness that you have on today about how you're feeling in your own body. How do I feel today? What's going on in my mind kind of today? And you can highlight or just note for yourself, what is the mood that you feel? What's the mood? What's the vibe? It's a vibe. So what vibe is it? And then once you identify what the vibe is, if it's not one that you support or that is encouraging to you, uplifting to you, or positive, basically, you want to support that. You want to target it with your food. And so... Thinking about, let's say, for example, if you are feeling down, if you're feeling sad, you can notice that about notice that about yourself, right? What if the day isn't half over and you know that you don't desire to finish the day feeling this sadness mood? Feeling sad, feeling down, or just not feeling as quirky or as positive as you prefer to be? You can Google, you can purchase nutrition books, you can do some simple research to kind of support yourself to know, hmm, or to find out what foods will help increase my mood. What foods will help specifically target feelings of um, sadness when I'm feeling down, these specific moods. What, or if you want to think about it in the um, opposite way, it would be what foods help to provide a burst of energy, positive, support positive feelings. Um, and the mood that you prefer. The next layer of that would be to decide even if cooking or like, so how do you get that food? Basically, if cooking or preparing the food would be helpful for you. Because you want to try to find um, the easiest way for you to support yourself with food. And so I say that because, for example, for myself, I love to cook. And so if I have to cook something... It helps me to feel better because I actually enjoy cooking. For someone who does not enjoy cooking, so let's say once I identify food for me to make, um, if I could add the extra step for myself to cook it, that would be helpful for me. Most of the time. <laughs> now, if I'm too far in a different mood, 
you know, I'm not for it. I actually don't want to cook. And so in that instance, which is not that often for me, but in those instances, I would prefer to order food to support me. And I would be ordering that food that I have learned about, that I have researched, that I had just know from um, my prior experience of supporting myself with food, that this food can support uh, uh, uplifting my mood. This food can support me to move to a more positive feeling emotion. And so if you want to order that food, go ahead and order it. Let's, let's, let's make it less stressful and less invasive as possible. And we want to make concisive and just supportive choices as we are choosing what, what way we're going to support ourselves with our food. Also, one extra layer to add to that would be if you are anticipating to eat a meal and you're thinking about supporting your mood you can also just ask yourself because we, we identified that isolation and just being alone can sometimes be a contributor to um a lack of or be a contributor to not in a positive way our mental health and so considering that we're in a socially distanced world maybe just calling someone or facetiming someone while you eat or wait for your meal to to come to you or even while you're eating could be helpful for you if that's an option. Or you can kind of enjoy your meal while you are meditating, while you are um, listening to some scripture, if that supports you. Kind of finding ways to double down on you supporting yourself with your food. So targeting the moods that we feel can support our emotional well-being as well as our mental health. What is the mood and what is the food that will support this? That's the question you ask yourself. And that's the question you answer for yourself to support. Moving to number three. Eliminating common food culprits. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, I just did that. Because <laughs> we know there are some known foods that have a history and record of bringing about certain moods. And even thought patterns that aren't supportive. Yep, I'm talking about those itis foods. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The ones that make you feel heavy afterwards physically. Um, they also affect your and can affect your emotions and your mood. So as we think about supporting ourselves, we can control our and delete some foods when we know we could use some nutrition support. So you can reduce these as you see fit. When I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about variations. And so... Some people can do cold turkey, all of it, like all of the things that they find for themselves that they have been eating that are actually common food culprits. Or if you want to go um, from daily to weekly, if you wanted to do specific and targeted meals um, of the day to target times, to targeted times of the day of whenever you eliminate or delete, delete, delete these common food culprits. Whatever works best for you. You want to make it work for you because one of the things that I also encourage my clients on is that when we are making changes, when we are making adjustments, it is really helpful to have grace with yourself, uh, but also to have realistic goals. And we call them SMART goals. And so you want to have goals that can work for you, that are actually achievable for you um, in order to have real progress. And so... Some of these common food culprits include, and these are just some of them. This is by no means an exhaustive, uh, an exhaustive list. So I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, Coach T said it was these six or seven things. Mm -mm. 
there are some more things you need to just navigate using your food journal what's on there are these things actually healthy and adding value to your life or could they be um apprehensive or could they not be supporting your mental health and your physical body nutrition so some of these food corporates are refined and processed foods i think y'all might have known that one was coming Prepackaged chips, crackers, processed meats like sausage and hot dogs. These are some common food culprits. Coffee. Uh-oh, I said coffee. Over 60% of Americans start their day with coffee. My goodness. Y'all still listen to the next episode here? <laughs> I'm not coming for your life. I'm just coming for the coffee's life. When we think about supporting your mental health because um, caffeine is and i'm going to share in general after this but caffeine is also linked to um anxiety right it's it's definitely is linked to anxiety so then we have soda for its sugar content of course artificial sweeteners inside of it as well as caffeine we also have fruit juice Uh uh-oh all my parents listening to this please add water to these babies fruit juice because most fruit juices, and maybe you have um, a different type, but most fruit juices, even down to natural fruit juices, we know that um, our fruit have natural sweeteners in it. So our fruit is a natural, have natural sugars. And so when we think about the fruit juice that's processed, we are getting an abundance of sugar from all fruit juices. And so we want to make sure that we are conscious Um, of how much sugar is inside of these fruit juices because although we can think "Mm, this is apple juice or "Mm, this is a fruit juice we've had we've got to be aware of also what's on the inside and so they just contain a lot of those sugars and last the last common food culprit that i'll share is sugar and added sugars just sugar itself right um and when i think about sugars itself i'm also thinking about and this is coach t's coach t's rendition candy cake cookies that's basically sugar itself if you ask coach t (laughs) so if you're gonna eat it eat it but know what you're eating and if you're trying to support your mental health it's a common food culprit it's a culprit what do we do with culprits you want them gone right you want them control out delete that's my work brain coming in. I've been typing all day. <laughs> so these are some for sure, for sure, foods that we want to focus on eliminating when we know that we want to support our mental health intentionally, when we know we really want to um, kind of have some things um, that we are avoiding to support ourselves. And so these sugars, coffee, soda, fruit juice, refined and processed food this also goes for fast food because fast foods are what majority processed if you are pushed for time be pushed for a salad because these processed foods will not support you and so we're going to move from there because we're going to talk more about that um in the upcoming podcast so stay tuned but do your best for yourself and eliminate some of these common culprits. Last but not least, when we're talking about physical food support, physical food nutritional support um, to support our mental health, just a caveat on getting firm on when you stop eating, which we referenced a little bit before, but getting firm on that. 
when are you going to stop eating? And this is just a little background. This is because the later you eat, the more your sleep um, can be impacted. And depending on what you eat will also further factor in. So, and since sleep is when your body naturally restores itself, when you get the when you get to rest, um, most of your body bodily organs and functions are limited themselves. Uh, this in turn can impact your mood uh, when you wake up, or even while you're sleeping, but especially when you wake up, right? So, um, I don't know if you ever woke up upset. You ever woke up mad before, or woke up um, fighting out of a dream, or <laughs> woke up still thinking about a dream. Um, whether that dream is good or bad, eating just before bed can increase your dream time, which decreases your REM sleep time and your light sleep time, uh, where your body truly gets a chance to restore. And so we really want to really, really, really be intentional and focus on when we stop eating. I know for myself, that is an area of growth. I'm just going to be honest with you all. It's an area of growth. Sometimes if I work too long that day and I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten anything today. So maybe I should eat late versus not eating anything. Right. That's sometimes how I rationalize things. Uh, But the fix is not just eating late um, as a quick fix. The fix is for me to stop working so long so that I can what? Eat my food on time so I can have dinner, so I can have my meal at a time that's feasible and conducive to sleep. And so think about it in that way. Give yourself some constructive criticism. Really be your one of your star players. Be on your team and really self-reflect. Now, to close us out as we transition to focus on spiritual food, I'm going to leave you with a scripture meditation that supports your mental health with the best food and nutrition there is, and that is the word of God. As a Christian believer, we know that through Christ all things are possible and that as we learn to support ourselves consistently, we know who we are and we know who our one true source is, and that's God. I hope this closing time of meditation supports you. I hope that it encourages you, uplifts you, feeds your soul, your spirit man to impact the health of your mentality in a positive way, an impactful way. I hope that it supports your mental health. So because I want the meditation to be the last thing that you hear today, um, I just want to go ahead and share with you that I thank you for joining today Uh, you joining today is definitely about yourself and about you learning more of how to support yourself so i applaud your presence on today and i just wanted to say uh, please join me back here on thursday for five ways to support your mental health through nutrition and that's going to be double-sided again for spiritual and physical food nutrition so we're going to learn a lot more and get five more ways at least to support your mental health through your nutrition so stay tuned for this spirit for the scripture-based meditation. And as you close out with this, take as much time as you need at the end of it to kind of dwell with God and kind of be in, in peace and in connection, communication with him. And I hope that it brings you peace. And I look forward to you joining me next podcast episode. God bless you. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future 
and a hope. Psalms chapter 18 verse 19. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. John chapter 16 verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalms chapter 91 verses 11 through 12. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the waters, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalms chapter 139 verse 14. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed Psalms chapter 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man 
God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. John chapter 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Psalms chapter 94, verse 19. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest.